Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. With us now is Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney, good friend of this program's, as you know, uh, Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association in the past, adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University where he teaches a course on criminal justice, which, as I said earlier, is attended by senior police officials. So, Scott, the situation in Toronto, since August the 2nd, 20 shooting incidents, more than 20 injured, one dead. And yesterday, Toronto Police Service Chief Mark Saunders pointed to street gangs as being the main issue and directed public attention to the fact that there is an incredible number in play, and that is the number of individuals who've been charged with at least one firearms offense are out on bail, and that number was at 326 yesterday. Yeah. I saw Chief Saunders' uh, press conference, and uh, there was a couple of things that struck me about it. Um, the first is, as you mentioned, I mean, he literally went after the justice system, and he was supported in that subsequently, by the way, by uh, Mayor John Tory. The fact that they were, uh, there's too much of this catch and release or the revolving door, as we've described it over the years, that people who are charged with these kinds of offenses are, you know, simply being released on bail, with the implication being that, if the, you know, they're getting back involved in crime. The other one that, the other point that he made that I thought was very interesting is that he actually said that, um, and he didn't get into the specifics, but he just gave the numbers, that 80% of the guns that were used in recent shootings had been smuggled for, uh, in from the United States. Uh, i got to tell you, that number is higher than, uh, than anything that I have heard, um, and in fact, a friend of mine who's ex-RCMP who was involved in uh, firearms uh, uh, tracking said that too surprised him that the number was that high, and uh, Saunders never provided any details with it. But in both of these instances, these are things that um, he's making an observation, as I say, supported by the mayor, and actually Premier Ford uh, in a st- subsequent statement also spoke about the guns coming in from the United States. I think the, the larger issue is, so what are we going to do about it? Okay, because that kind of information should help inform how we improve public safety. So why the question also is, why haven't we been successful at interdicting these guns entering this country? We've been talking about it for a long yeah, time. I, I think the real reason for this, and this is as goofy as you can imagine, um, the uh, responsibility, the mandate for uh, providing security between designated ports of entry, in other words, most of our border, is not with the Canada Border Services Agency. Instead, it's with the RCMP, who are, of course, completely understaffed, completely underfinanced. Um, and, and believe it or not, Roy, this doesn't come as a result of a specific law. It comes about as a result of a 1932 Order and Council policy decision. Okay, when CBSA didn't even exist. Now we have fully trained armed personnel, and yet they're not allowed to do enforcement work between ports of entry. We don't deploy appropriate uh, technology uh, domain awareness enhancement uh, tools. 
so as to give the people the intelligence to know where to go and, you know, where the bad guys are trying to smuggle in, whether it's guns, drugs, people, okay? That's something that needs to be addressed. And maybe the government has said that it's going, going to create a, you know, CBSA modernization program. Hopefully that will be part of it because that is definitely something that needs to be done. Okay, let me get on to something else here. The chief also said he wants judges to investigate, judges in Toronto, to investigate changing bail guidelines considering the numbers of gun crimes. What options do judges have? The judges already have sufficient discretion. That's the way our system is based. And it's just how they exercise that discretion. And the real point about what Chief Saunders was talking about is not just that there were three hundred and currently 326 people on uh, bail after having been charged with firearms offenses. But as some today, I saw a bunch of defense counsel, understandably, you know, uh, t- taking him to task for his remarks because they said, you know, the issue isn't that they're released on bail. The issue is, are they committing crimes while out on bail? And that's what needs to be investigated. You, I'm sure, will remember. That's something I've been advocating for for years. I know. Yeah, when I've have. been doing analysis of crime stats. Look, we gather this information. We know how many people that are charged with criminal offenses were on bail or on probation or on conditional sentence or parole, subject to a deportation order for non-citizens. We gather that information, but we don't report it. Why not? Okay? This is one of the things I've said for a very, very long time. We really don't need to be tough on crime, we need to, but we do need to be honest about crime so we can be smart about crime. Let me move on to uh, Schmigelski and McLeod. Yeah. And Gillum, Manitoba. We're going to be speaking with Joe Scarpelli in a couple of minutes, global news reporter who is still up there today. What are we going to know eventually? What do we have to be told? How much does the RCMP have to share with us if there isn't a coroner's inquiry? Because if there is, we get to know everything that the inquiry finds out. But if not, how much will we? How much is the RCMP obliged to share with us? Um, that's not something that is easily answered, nor is it an absolute assurance that if there is some kind of an inquest that you'll receive all of the information either. Um, However, and, you know, when you and I first talked about this weeks ago, you raised these same issues about, you know, why doesn't the public get to know about this? Um, The fact that, uh, you know, and they believe that these are the guys, they should, uh, there's a good chance that they'll get forensic evidence that they will then be able to use to link to the death of the two tourists. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the standard, as we discussed, was in British Columbia, the charges for charges to be laid, uh, there has to be an approval by the Crown based on a substantial likelihood of conviction. Now, those charges have already been laid with respect to the, uh, the death of the, uh, the professor, uh, uh, Dick, but the, uh, the charges were not laid. They're simply suspects in relation to the tourists. So if it turns out that that is the case, um, you would think that the police would likely reveal at least what evidence that they had linking them to both circumstances. One of the things that has come out, and I think it did originally, but uh, it then disappeared, was that the vehicle that they ultimately uh, burnt up in Manitoba was actually the vehicle of one of the victims, uh, Professor Dick. Right. Okay. Um, but we don't know yet what the cause of death was for him. No, we don't. You know, there's, there's a lot of questions like that. And again, on a policy basis, there has been a suggestion that, uh, you know, these guys were actually stopped by a First Nations uh, police service. Exactly. In I was going to ask you about that. Check. Okay. And, but they didn't, ha- they didn't show up on CPIC. Why not? Why not? 
Uh, this is my question. How did the First Nations officers not know who they were? Well, and think about it for a second. They're driving somebody else's vehicle. They right. wouldn't have documents for the vehicle that matched Them. their own personal documents. Yeah. But if that information isn't on CPIC, and look, there has been a lot of problems in terms of the reliability and the uh, speed in which data is entered on CPIC. It's a something administered by the RCMP on other issues. And CPIC is the international... something worth fixing. CPIC is the, is the national computer system yes. which tracks crime and, and criminals, right? Center, yeah. yeah. One other question for you, quickly here. Could anyone who might have suspected or even known that uh, Schmigelsi and McLeod were not going north to find jobs, that they had other intent... Could that person, could such a person, if such a person exists, be charged? It depends on the circumstances, and I know who you're talking about, and I agree with you. Uh, there were some very, very strange uh, statements made by Schmigelski's uh, father, and I bet you that the, uh, the RCMP have gone to interview him to see whether or not there were those kinds of communications you're speaking about. They're apparently looking for other um, uh, objects or devices with... Uh, they're doing using metal detectors. Those could be cell phones, for example. They'll be looking, I would think, to see if they can find anything that shows that there were communications about that and then question whether or not the individual's actions that may have been involved in that constituted an offense. Scott, thank you for the time. We'll, we'll, there are questions we'll never be yes. able to get answers to. Yes, although we do deserve to get some answers to some we of the sure things do. we're asking about. We sure do. Thank Bye-bye. you, Scott. Always good talking to you. Scott New York, former Crown Attorney, um, professor at Simon Fraser University and teaches that course on criminal justice, which is attended by some of Canada's senior police officials. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.